0: Welcome. How many of you are guests? Like you're around the city just because of the festival, or because it's Edinburgh. Or... Really, you're all you're. All... Yeah, sorry, sorry to just like point you out, Oh, yeah, okay, just a few of you. Well, you are very, very welcome. Um, in this church, over the summer, we've been going through a series that we've called Rhythms, and we've basically been looking at Bible wisdom and also the practices of Christians throughout history to see what we could learn. Um, Because how many of you feel like you have plenty of time for everything that matters in your life? Oh, so nobody put their hand up to that, so that was, yeah, even less than the people visiting. And yet we all have the same 24 hours in every day that every person living and breathing always has. And actually we now have machines that wash our clothes, wash our dishes, smart meters that we don't even have to read our electrometers. meters. You know I mean, we have so many gadgets that do so many things for us and um, we were told that, that therefore our lives would be much freer. That's what we were told 20 years ago, there will be a three-day work week, life will be just much more chilled. Is that what's happened? Weirdly not. Actually, what's happened is quite the opposite, isn't it? Hmm, interesting. I wonder if perhaps we are creating a little bit of the busyness for ourselves. just a thought. Okay, that's nothing to do with today, but we are gonna be looking at rhythms, and today's rhythm is a huge subject, but I'm really looking forward to it. Restoration. I'm looking forward to a talk that I've already given twice, so that's a good sign. It's something to do with the fringe stage, which makes me want to tell jokes know what it is so that could be yeah could be dangerous we'll see what happens this is probably the closest we are going to get Tamsin well me definitely to being in a fringe show have you ever been in a fringe show no no I'm still waiting for someone to ask but it hasn't happened yet so I'm going to go for this restoration did you know that God is on a mission God is on a mission and his mission is restoration restoration And that is absolutely great news for me, for you, for every creature living on this earth and for the earth itself because God's plan, his mission is to restore each one of us back to who we were meant to be, the state we were meant to be in. This might be news to some of you but it should be really good news. Human beings were made to be in a relationship with God. The bad news is we don't get born that way. The good news is we can choose it, and we need that relationship with God restored. So God is a restorer. And the other great thing is that God then, when we restore, we allow him to restore the relationship with us, he then works that through our life and restores all the relationships around us. You know, human beings are quite amazing. Like I'm speaking about restoration. I'm sorry if that's upsetting you because some of you might be thinking, I'm already pretty cool. You're right. You're actually brilliant, all of you. Why? Because you're human. Because you're human, I know that every person in this room is very gifted. Every one of you is unique and you are all tremendously powerful. What do I mean by that? Well, some of you can sing like that. Some of you can make music, some of you can create art that touches and inspires for generations. Some of you can balance bank statements and create businesses and keep the rest of us right with the tax man. Some of you can organize events that are breathtaking. Some of you can sit at the hospital bed of somebody breathing their last breath and pour out compassion for as long as it takes. Some of you can heal bodies Some of you can take away pain. Human beings can do endless amounts of amazing things. I bet you within this room, just this sort of couple of hundred people, all of that exists. And an awful lot more. Human beings are powerful. And what makes us powerful is the impact that we can have on each other and on the world round about us. And that is true whether we believe it or not. Think about it. You have the power, in a few words, to change the course of someone else's day. When you encourage someone. I mean, I can't tell you, I I had a, I don't know if some of you've noticed, I had a bit of a radical hair change recently. If you know me, you'll know it was pretty radical. And I was a little bit nervous about it. Every single time I have come around my church, people come up to me to say, Faith, we just wanted to say, we love your hair. Do you know what? Maybe they do, maybe they don't, I don't care but I loved hearing it, and it's made me feel really, really confident. There's something lovely about a few encouraging words. In fact, this lovely is a lame word. There is something powerful about encouraging words. Here's the flip side of the power that we have as human beings. We can also speak a few words of criticism, and they might stick for a long, long time with someone. So we have the power to positively and sadly to very negatively impact other people. And it's not just individuals we can impact, we can impact whole communities. Think of people like Nelson Mandela and Mother Teresa, but also think in your own life. Think of relations, you've probably got grandmothers, friends, work colleagues, teachers, people who have changed your life and the life of a whole host of people. We are already amazing. Why am I saying that? Because we're already starting from somewhere pretty good. I believe that's because God made us, and God made human beings to be his agents on the earth, to do his stuff, and he's pretty amazing, so we're pretty amazing. So that's pretty cool for a start. Let's dive into the Bible, Matthew chapter 26. Some of you might have read this bit of the Bible, but it's a good one, so we'll uh, read it again. So verse 36, and this is somebody coming, and they're basically asking Jesus, okay, could you, like the Bible's quite big, Jesus, and they only had it about two-thirds of what we have. They said, the Bible's quite big. Could you just kind of summarize it all and tell us how we're meant to live? Teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So that's quite a good summary, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus. So all I have to do is love God with everything I've got, love myself, and then love other people the same way. Well, that's not too many instructions. That's a really tall order, though, isn't it? I mean, like, we're, I don't know if many of you are driving around Edinburgh at the moment. How long does it take you driving around Edinburgh to not feel like you're loving? Never mind the other drivers. What about those pedestrians? What, what are they doing? Like, has everything turned into a pedestrian precinct? I don't think so. That's the fringe show element. It's a challenge, isn't it? Why is it such a challenge? Because we are not living the fullness of the life we were created to live. We were created to be in a relationship with God, in brilliant relationship with ourselves, And it's a really bright light. And then in great relationships with each other. And all three of those need restored. Now the good news, if you don't know God today, that is the easiest relationship to restore because God's absolutely brilliant. He hasn't got any hang-ups or issues or problems, loves you to bits, and he has already made it possible for your relationship with him to be restored. And the way to do that is you need to figure out who Jesus is. And that's quite easy because it's in the Bible and there's whole groups of people like this who um, can tell you all sorts about Jesus. Jesus is the one who shows us the way to God and to the relationship that we're meant to have where we are in good relationship and good connection with God. And the word restoration, when I googled it, obviously, what else would you do? Is the action of returning something to a former owner place or condition. I believe God is the creator of this universe and everything in it, including us. So we're not finding God, as it were, for the first time. We are being restored to the person that I was always meant to be, someone in connection with God. And if you don't know God today, then you have landed in a very good Fringe show. And um, most of the people in this room would be able to help you with that, and we would love to do that. You know, when Jesus walked around on earth, he actually only spent about three years actually traveling around telling people about God. It's not long, is it? It's quite tremendous that he planted a church that is however many millions of times bigger than when he was here, and he was only here for three years. Quite a guy. And Jesus basically said this to people. He said, change your life, because God's kingdom's here. He challenged people, change your life. Get sorted out with God. Because God's kingdom's here. God's kingdom is not something that happens after you die. It's not something away up there or away over there. What Jesus told people is God's kingdom is right here and right now. So get sorted out. And here's another way of saying it because God is right here and right now, you can get sorted out. Because God is in a mission and God's mission is restoration. And the first thing He goes after is His relationship with you. And then the next relationship, when you, I mean, if we flipped back, I don't know, some smart DP person might be able to do that, to um, what, that, what um, Jesus replied to that teacher. He said, basically, love your neighbor as yourself. So first of all, I need to love myself. And then that is going to impact the way I love other people. Now, we're a bit British in this room. Can you imagine loving yourself or even saying the phrase, I love myself? We would think that's quite negative, wouldn't we? Yes. I'm not sure all nationalities, Well, will not name any, obviously, but there are nationalities where I don't think they would struggle quite as much. <laughs> Why should, wow, that's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Why would I love myself? Because if I am who God says I am, and if I get a hold of what the Bible says that God says I am, I'd be foolish not to love me. Because I'm amazing. I'm a child of God. I am loved. I'm packed full of gifts and the ability to change the world around about me. Do I do that every day? Well, some days are better than others, but I'm also someone who lives with God's grace. That's God's favor over my life that every day can be a new start. That the things I've done in the past do not have to define who I am in the future. That it is possible to walk free from even the most awful things and actually go on to have a restored relationship with God, with myself and with the world around about me. That's amazing. But it's got to start with learning who we are. Most of us have learned who we are from parents, teachers, school friends, people around about us. So depending on the upbringing that you've had, you might think you're pretty cool or you might not. So I'm married to someone who's absolutely lovely. And he actually really does believe that. Because he is the precious, much-wanted only child of two parents who could have had about 25 children. And all that love is channeled into him and to me happily when I married him so I'm like I I can't do anything wrong which was a whole novel experience for me like my graduation photo was a few years ago is still up in their living room like it's not my parents living room but it is in theirs and do you know there's something lovely about that but most of us don't have quite that ease of upbringing and many of us have things in our past that tell us that we are not good enough we're a bit stupid. You're not the right body shape. You're not the right voice. You're not the right this. You're not the right gender. You're no, 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 no. And because of those voices, we have a track at the back of our life, and the track is us, and the track is there saying, "Well, I don't think you should volunteer. Well, they're not going to want you. Well, nobody's going to like you. Well, why are you here? Well, you're just a waste of space." Etc. 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 The tracks are quite similar. When you open up people's heads. I'm sure if, well I'm not a counsellor, I couldn't be a counsellor. But I'm sure if you ask counsellors you would find that actually the tracks are quite similar. And they are nothing like the track of the Bible. And the restoration of God in a person's life is an absolutely beautiful thing. And it is a journey. And it's got ups and it's got downs. And, but it is worth every single battle. I've been a Christian for Okay, I'll just tell you, over 30 years, obviously I was about four, and, um, <laughs> and I am not the person that I was 30 years ago. And sure, I've grown up a little bit as a person, but I know plenty of people my age who are, you know, a bit bonkers and have very low self-esteem and so on, but I am a product of God's restoration. I'm not a product of my, you know, positive thinking. I know some people manage to achieve a certain amount through kind of, you know, positive thinking and saying they're great and believing they're great. But nothing beats the restoring work of God in a person's life. And I'm laboring that because it is that work that impacts every relationship around about us. Once you have a hold of that restoration for yourself, that changes your relationships. Why? Why? Well, let's have a look at Galatians chapter five for a fabulous bit of wisdom and a bit of a clue. The fruit of the spirit, and the spirit here is talking about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. When our relationship with God is restored, the Holy Spirit, this is really amazing by the way, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. The kingdom of God is right here every minute of every day. And as we start to say no to some of the track in the back of our head and the things we want to do that are destructive and harm us, if we start to take a stand against some of those things and press into what the Spirit of God is saying. And as these verses say, I love that, keep in step with the Spirit. The fruit that comes out in our life is love, joy, peace, forbearance. No, do know what forbearance is. That like, like perseverance, I think, isn't it? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Those are lo- who wouldn't want a friend who was faithful, who always loved you no matter how much you've messed up, who's always got a bit of joy to bring to the party, who's always peaceful when things are stressful? They're like, that's a top friend right there, isn't it? Now, you're not going to be like that. If you're anything like me, I, you're not going to be like that every day. But as we walk more and more in step with the Spirit of God, this is the fruit that the people round about us are going to experience. That is going to change our relationships. The biggest gift that God offers us is forgiveness. When our relationship with Him is restored, we get forgiven for every silly, stupid, sinful thing we've ever done. I'd say that potentially the second biggest gift that God offers us is the key to freedom which is that we are to forgive others and when what you feel about people is love and patience and kindness and goodness there's something that the spirit of God does in us so that we can forgive even the most difficult of things to forgive and I personally think some things take the spirit of God in order to for us to forgive and when we forgive we're not saying that what people have done is necessarily okay what we're saying is I am letting this go I am letting God be the person who deals with this and I am going to walk free and I am not going to be defined by that thing and those what those people said that backtrack I am going to take a stand and I am going to have restoration now a person who does that They have a gift for the whole world because not only are their own relationships restored but we then become people who are on God's mission with him bringing restoration we are the ones who tell other people you can get right with God you can learn to love yourself I know it's hard it's a journey I've done it it's really really hard but I'll walk with you we can help mediate in relationships that are difficult We can help, let's be honest, some of us, we're not maybe very good at having healthy relationships in the first place. We need that restored. God is on a mission to restore us. So it is all going to be great. And you know, there's a brilliant verse in Romans chapter 8 where it says that God works all things together for good to those that love him even when we are going through or have gone through difficult things, if we will take those things to God and say, I love you enough to trust you with this mess, then God will start to do something in it. So even in the hardest of times, although we're tempted to just say, I don't understand why and this isn't fair and and all of that may be true, what we can do is ask the really good question is, okay, God, what do you want to do in this situation? Where is the good that is gonna come out of this? And the truth is the good is not always just for us. The good goes through us and it goes out into the world. So I guess our challenge tonight or my challenge to you and to me is what's the next step in your restoration journey? Because we're all on the journey. I know it's sad, but we don't really get to the end of it till the end of life. And then you get fast-tracked, so that's all good. But you can make some serious strides now. Maybe... You have a relationship that you need to go say sorry to someone. Maybe you need to do a bit more learning to love yourself, do that counseling thing that you always said you were going to do, or that deeper prayer thing, or I don't know, the whatever thing. Maybe you need to make that first step of making Jesus Lord and having that relationship with God restored. What's your next step? And I want to leave you every week, we've been giving people a practice told you at the beginning we've been looking at bible wisdom and practices things that christians have been doing for years and i want to give you one tonight that i personally have found incredibly useful when i'm going through periods of a bit of healing and restoration when life is a little difficult it's also good when life's not difficult but very good when you're working on something and really simple and you're all good at it already memorizing scripture why would you memorize bits of the bible when they're written down because then they're in your head you know how you've got that track in your head you're not very you won't you can't you didn't you shouldn't have well you have a new track in your head and you can actually repeat bits of the bible to yourself and if the bible is what it says it is the god-breathed words of god truth then we start to run some of that truth through our head it changes things And the great thing as well is that when life is tough, when we're grieving, when we're on our knees, when we're in a difficult situation, if we've memorized some scripture, we have it there. And Christians have known this for thousands of years, and they've been doing it, and it's so cool. Now, we are not so used to memorizing things because, like, we've got a phone, so why would you? Like, you can just Google it. However, it's not as powerful if you Google it. So, I told you you were already good at this, and I'm going to prove it to you. This is like a fringe trick. This is what this is going to be like. So how many of you feel like you are not good at memorizing things? You are wrong. And I'm going to show you why. Right. I want you to finish this sentence. Twinkle, twinkle. When did you learn that? Probably not yesterday. Well, some of you look like it might be. No, that's true. For some of you, maybe... 10, 15 years ago, some of us significantly longer. How about this? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I once was lost, was blind. Very good. I'm tempted to do some Robert Burns. I did some with the, 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 the um, 9.15 gathering this morning, but I'm not sure if they still do. Do we still do Robert Burns in school? Right, okay. This is, this is good. If you're not from Scotland... You lads are Scottish, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping you're going to go with this here. See if you can finish this off. it kurn. Oh, what a panics. Vanidna ranawa. Beautiful. Yep, you're the winner. Now, you and I probably learned that quite a few years ago. I'd say I'm about 40 years since I learned that. You're actually very good at memorizing things. Because you've got a bit of your brain that's actually good at it. It's just, you know, we've got a bit lazy with the old Google. And there's something about the practice of putting some words in your head and saying them over and over that does something to our soul. Perhaps not twinkle, twinkle, little star, if we're honest. But imagine if I can look myself in the mirror in the morning and say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made which is what the Bible says. If I can say, faith, you are more than a conqueror through him that loves you. Faith, neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or power or this or that or other things I can't quite remember will be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. I will fear no evil. Why do I know that? Because I'm the best memorizer? No, because I've needed it. And the great thing about memorizing scripture, you memorize it when it's just a fun thing to do, and you have it when you need it. It's it's quite serious now. Sorry, I I meant to be comic, and I've gone quite serious. I'll just lighten it up again. I'll tell you the the time I most needed it. I think I've told this story here before, but you aren't all here. So the time I most needed that, I was on a boat in Africa. True story the biggest man made lake in the entire world. We're absolutely like half a mile from the shore. And, I, and it was a ridiculous boat, and I suddenly realized we are going to capsize very soon. And we've got life jackets on, but there was things in the water, like things, like crocodiles, you know, not nice things. S- sea snakes, I weren't sure what they were, but it didn't sound good. And then I realized that half the people in the boat can't swim, and people who can't swim, even if they've got a life jacket, they're gonna take me under, and they're bigger. Almost every African I've met is bigger than me. And I had a moment of panic. And you know, in that moment, all I could think of was, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not (laughs) want." And it got to shouting level before I remembered that I was the leader of the trip, and all I had to do was say, "Stop! We're going to the shore." I don't know what what happened there. Uh, So, and it it all ended. It all ended fine. We were fine. Nobody got eaten. There was a bit of there was a bit of trauma, but um, I think everybody's okay now. It was a decade ago. If you learn it when you don't need it, you have it when you do. And if the word of God is truth, and then we need that truth as we go on that journey of restoration. So following this tomorrow morning you can look up we've got a podcast on our website and you'll hear a little bit more about memorizing scripture but the challenge for this week and if you're a central person I'm sure you get tested next week as you come in the door is if you're lame you can just memorize Galatians 5:22, like one verse that is lame and so if you want to go large then the challenge is to memorize Galatians 5:22 to 26 how many of you are going to go big Oh, seriously? (laughs) It's disappointing. Okay, just, just just try one verse. And you know what? That might not be the scripture for you. You might know that in the next step that I'm meant to take, I know what I need to memorize. Then memorize that. And then you'll have it when you need it. And start to make it part of the track. So, Obviously, I've said a lot of things that have probably got a lot of people thinking about all sorts of things. So we just want to leave a little bit of space now. Our band are going to come back up and um, Tamsin's going to probably come and, and give us a bit of a steer. But let's just take some time to think, God, what are you saying to me? What is my next step? What am I meant to take home from this tonight, God? So let me pray for you. So Lord, I thank you that you you are restoring us. You are restoring us to be the people that you created us to be, people who are in step with you, people who live in community with fruit. That means that we are a blessing wherever we go, that we change the world around about us. And God, tonight we just bring you ourselves and say, God, what is our next step? What is it that you would take us into next so that we are more the people that we're meant to be amen